everyone, welcome back to The Reluctant Cruise, which is what I would usually say. I just, I can't take it anymore. It's just, I've been beaten and broken down by all this truly zany shit. And honestly, at some point it just, it gets too much. Much like four kids, this man cowards out of Little Garden. Fun fact, actually. You have no... Memory of Little the Little Garden. Garden arc when it was originally aired in the U.S. under the Four Kids dub on One Piece, uh, that was removed because of uh, I forget specifically why it was removed. We're gonna have to look that up. But well, I guess we can't look it up anymore because it looks like we're not talking about One Piece. But there you go, perfect timing. We're not talking about One Piece. Fuck One Piece. We are now, god damn it, a Yu Yu Hakusho podcast. That's right. We are rebranding. We are now. A Game of Ghosts, the Yu Yu Hakusho podcast, where we talk about, frankly, some would argue a better anime, not as long running, definitely not as long running, considering that lasted like three and a half, four years, but still a very well-regarded anime, Yu Yu Hakusho. So, my name is Brian. With me is Steve. Hello. Um, yeah. You know what's the best part about... You know what? Never mind. Because you know what? The worst thing about having old vampires is granny vampires and their teeth come out. And it's all bad because then they can't find their teeth and they can't suck blood and it's all bad from there. It's just the plot of Resident Evil 8. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Oh, shit. Maybe. <laughs> and also with us is Slash. Yeah, um, I don't know if I'd argue about which is better, but I also like Yu Yu Hakusho, so I'm kind of just here for the ride at this point, as long as we get to the end of something. Yeah. But uh, I actually like this show quite a bit, and um, watched it when I was uh, younger, obviously, when it came on TV, watched it sporadically, but very recently went back and like ran the whole show because I was like, oh, yeah, it's been a minute since I've like watched it and like never watched it all the way through. So mm -hmm. uh, thankfully, my mind is very fresh on this. So here we are. Yeah. So for me, I was a really big advocate for keeping on One Piece, but I got outvoted because these losers. So anyways, we're now Yu Yu Hakusho podcast, and I've, I'm have i going to be like Brian, basically, because I've never seen Yu Yu Hakusho, so it's a new anime for me, and I'm super excited, super stoked, but yeah, now I'm the unexperienced one, so let's get it. Man, get ready for some fucking inside jokes from Slash and I about Three-Eyed Demons and Fox Demons, fucking Spirit Swords. I have enough knowledge about Japanese mythology. I could probably not keep up, but, like, piece it out. I know enough about Naruto. I've seen that shit. Okay, since they've covered their relationship with Yu Yu Hakusho, I'll talk about mine. Kind of similar to One Piece. Slash and I have a similar background. I also... Watched it when it would come on TV in America in Toonami, Cartoon Network. And I watched most of the show that they had aired in America. I feel like they didn't air like the very final arc in America. And that might be why I never watched it. But I remember the one thing not. that I remember, I still haven't watched the very final over arc. Of the show. I know that for mm. sure. Because Yu Yu Hakusho did have the advantage though. Of well, by the time they were bringing it over here. That shit was like done. Both manga and anime wise in Japan. Uh, for context for those who might not have watched or know the timeline. Um, it came out like early 90s. And that's when the anime got done around like 94 or 95. So it had, a, it had a pretty solid run. It was pretty popular. And then when. Lots of other anime were being dubbed and brought over to the West in like the late 90s. It's just some of those ones that were already finished like that. You know, that was the first time we were seeing them here. But 
the producers, I guess, behind that got to pace those out kind of nicely. It kind of helps when you get the bill to dub a show and it's already all the way done versus like nowadays, it's like, oh, you're doing one piece, but I guess we're not, they're not doing that. Maybe they're doing it and we're not. There you go. Anyway, but yeah, um, that's mostly what I remember it. Uh, other, other weird facts to the uh, creator of Yu Yu Hakusho is also pretty famous for Hunter Hunter or Hunter X Hunter is very uh, cultured folk like to say. Um, the only issue with that show, and this is something I personally always used to get mixed up, was that uh, Hunter Hunter is on hiatus. Uh, it has been like that for <laughs> quite a while now, but there is a much newer anime adaptation of all of the completed arcs up to this point, which is still pretty solid and worth a watch, um, I, I would say. I, I used to actually confuse it with the fact that I, I thought that Hunter Hunter didn't get as much attention because he was trying to finish Yu Yu Hakusho and that was more important. But I think that just got me mixed up because of the fact that Yu Yu Hakusho, when it was coming to the West, was coming out at the same time as Hunter Hunter was being done live, like the manga and the anime. Well, there's an older anime. It just, I don't know. It, it, it got a lot longer and a lot different, but it's, you can see some of the similar ideas among both shows. But Yu Yu Hakusho is a full on, it is has a beginning, has an end. Fun facts. So, brief summary on Yu Yu Hakusho for those who aren't aware. Yu Yu Hakusho was written and illustrated by Yoshihiro Togashi, who, as Slash has pointed out, later created Hunter x Hunter. And he is also married to, tell me if my pronunciation is wrong with this, Naoko... Takeuchi, yep. she is known for creating Sailor Moon. Always one of those good fun facts, you know. This dude, this woman, some of the best manga and anime ever. The manga ran from December 3rd, 1990 to July 25th, 1994. And the anime ran from October 10th, 1992 to December 17th, 1994. And if you notice something strange about that, it might be because by some fucking miracle, the manga and the anime ended within, what is that, five months of each other? Yeah. Like almost four months, four and a half, basically. That is fucking wild. But they did a good job from everything that I remember. One of the main forces behind the Funimation dub that started coming out in, I want to say 2002, until April Fool's 2006. Nice tie-in. Boom. <laughs> so it aired then in America on Cartoon Network. One of the main forces of this production was Justin Cook, who is the voice of Yusuke of the dub, which if you watch other dub anime he's also the voice of kirishima on my hero academia he was also the voice director for the dub and i'm pretty sure he was writing some of the scripts on occasion for the translation so he did a shit ton on that dub also notable i want to say it's her first it's definitely an early role laura bailey who some people would know from playing DD on a live stream on thursdays Critical role. <laughs> Being the first voice of Lucina from Fire Emblem in English. Throwing that in because of my own obsession with Fire Emblem. So a lot of good people worked on this Funimation dub. Chris Sabat's also in there as Kuwabara. Very solid anime dub. Enough with that, though, because I don't want to just look through Wikipedia and say, hey, look at this. So, why don't you lead off with the very first episode of our new podcast, Slash. All right, I will try my best. So, uh, I actually didn't write the episode title down, but I can tell you everything that happens. It doesn't even matter at this point. Just episode one, straight up. We cut in, busy streets, busy 90s-ish Japan. Soccer ball bounces in the middle of a crosswalk. Boom! Little boy runs after the ball. But all of a sudden, some high school kid jumps out in front of him. Bam! Some asshole in a red Corvette scoots by and kills him. 
Okay, show's over. Thank you for joining us for Yu Yu Hakusho. No. Um, <laughs> so that's immediately out the gate. Main character is dead. Uh, so, you, But Yusuke, our hero... Okay, so our, our, our main character is Urameshi Yusuke. Uh, and as Yusuke's ghostly figure floats up, uh, the narrator is like, Ah, this is Yusuke. He's 14. He's supposed to be the main character. He's dead now. And Yusuke is kind of looking around, looking at his body on the ground, quite literally having an out-of-body moment and being like, Wait. What the hell's going on? How did I get here? Why am I am I dead? And he's kind of just seeing everything that's happening, and he's you know looking at an ambulance that eventually comes away to drag his body and put it on a stretcher, and it's you know not it, when you're a fourteen year old kid you're just like wait what's going on? He's just trying to pro- his his ghostly form is trying to process everything that has come his way during the day. He's like how did I get here? And he's trying to recall what 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 caused me to die. <laughs> so. Uh, then we go on a really fun flashback. So our day starts off in which uh, Yusuke is actually at his middle school or high school. Let me see. Uh, middle school, I want to say. Either yeah. way, he is uh, at school and uh, you hear the bells going off and he's because he's thinking about, hmm, where did my day start? I went to school this morning, right? And then he's there. But being the delinquent that he is, that's his personality type. He is on the roof as all good anime delinquents tend to be. And as he is hiding up there, just chilling, doing his thing, a girl comes out. Uh, her name is Keiko. And then she's sort of like a class rep type personality, like, you know, like a hall monitor almost of sorts. But at the same time, um, she is Yusuke's friend. And she's like, hey, what are you doing? Um, you can't be hiding up here. And he's just like, oh, don't worry about it. I, I don't even, I don't care about my classes anyway, blah, blah, blah. And then they get into a back and forth. Um then eventually as she's scolding him, Yusuke just kind of disappears. But being the perv that he is, he tries to get a peek up her skirt. And then she just knocks him a hard one. He's like, Yusuke, you, you goddamn pervert. You better t- take things seriously from now on. It's just a normal day of nonsense for Yusuke at this point. But uh, Keiko returns, goes downstairs. And you can tell that despite her scolding Yusuke and being disappointed in him, she's not as intimidated as him or by him as you might think because of the way her friends are reacting they're saying oh no i hear that Urameshi is in charge of like two thousand people and if you piss him off he'll send them all after you and his reputation precedes himself more or less but keiko's like oh don't worry about him he couldn't move two people if he wanted to so regardless there's a very distant but close girl next door kind of relationship between them uh, but we'll learn about that more as we go through the show. Anyway, Yusuke begins to wander the schoolyard, and he overhears a couple students, again, leaning into the theme of his name preceding himself. Uh, apparently, one guy is bragging to his friend that he stole some other guy's wallet because he was using Yusuke's name. And, of course, the other guy was trembling in fear, so he just gave him his wallet. But then Yusuke shows up behind these two kids here and you know, sharing this story, and he's like, oh, really? You guys did that? And then the like oh no we've been caught and the guy tries to give him the water like here you can have this and he's like no you idiots i don't want that just stop using my name like that you assholes anyway um one of the teachers comes up behind them and begins to scold them as well actually hold on let me roll back i missed an important tiny part uh keiko was looking for yusuke because another teacher um uh, I think what's like Kawamoto, I think his name is, uh, or Takenaka. Takenaka is one school professor who was looking for Yusuke, and then he couldn't find him. And then another one, I think Iwamoto is his name. Uh, he's more of a stern and like doesn't take no shit kind of teacher, whereas uh, Takenaka is kind of more laid back, but still, I guess, wants use is a type that wants Yusuke to succeed, even though he knows he's a delinquent. Anyway, um, the teacher Iwamoto who comes up behind the kids and Yusuke is like, hey, what are, you, what are you kids up to? No more messing around. And then Yusuke just leaves and the kids just, I don't, I don't remember if he takes the wallet or not, but regardless, he uh, he goes away from them. But then also um, Yusuke is going towards the front gate and then he does see the other prof- uh, professor, Takenaka. He's like, Yusuke, you're not ditching school again, are you? And he's like, what if I am? And they go back and forth for a bit. Um, and he obviously gives them tr- like typical uh, stereotypical scoldings that a teacher would be like, oh, you'll never amount to anything. You got to, you know, take your studies more seriously, etc. He's like, come on, get in here. So he pulls him by the ear. But then because Yusuke is just the ultimate prankster, uh, it pans away and it looks like he has torn Yusuke's ear off. But instead, it's just a gag ear and Yusuke is like about to jump over the wall and gives a little 
you know, sticks his tongue out kind of motion and just heads out of there. And the teacher wants to chase him, and he's like, ugh, because the bell starts to ring and the day goes on there. But anyway, Yusuke continues to wander the town um, after leaving school because he just doesn't want to be there. Uh, actually, I think he goes home first. Let me see. Did I read my notes? Yeah, he stops by his house first, I think. Um, and he sees his mom, um, who is just chilling at home and you can kind of see there's a bit of a tense relationship there. It looks like it's just him and his mom and his mom also isn't, I don't want to say a deadbeat, but she's at home. She's just chilling on like a little futon on the floor and she's just taking a drag off her cigarette and I can't tell if she's working or not, but it's just kind of that thing where even when he walks in now, she's like, Hey, make me coffee. It's not even like a oh hi son. So there's, clearly there's some tensions at home. So that's they're obviously trying to paint a picture of maybe there's some reasons for Yusuke's delinquency. But anyway, he stops there for a bit, and then she tries to scold him too for ditching school. But at the same time, you know what what kind of example are you setting if you're also home and not working? I don't know what her situation is, but it doesn't look like she's setting a good example either way. So after that, he heads out from his house. As he's doing that, he runs into someone who will pretty much become a rival friend uh, type character for the show known as Kuwabara. And he is basically just like the rival dude. He's got a big pompadour. He's also wearing like a uh, a school uniform with the, the whole same button down fit and everything. And he's like, ah, Yusuke, like, I, I'm here to challenge you again today. And like, oh, man. And then, of course, Yusuke takes his challenge because Yusuke does like a good challenge in a fight. But. He uh, doesn't take no shit. And Yusuke, by the way, is a pretty limber-looking guy. At first sight, he doesn't look like he'd be too strong. He doesn't look totally frail. But Kuwabara, stacked up next to him, does look like kind of a bigger dude. But he just whoops Kuwabara's ass. And he's like, damn, that's your L for today, Kuwabara. That's like 126 wins for me and zero wins for you. So it's just they, they obviously have a rivalry regardless. But... It's not much of a rivalry. It's, it's, it's literally one-sided. But regardless, you see Kuwabara as just a, a more outspoken rival character at this point versus the other delinquents around school. But um, as he's moving on from that, Yusuke is wandering through the town. And uh, that's when he we finally come back to where we were in the present, if you will, in which he meets this kid in the street. Uh, on the sidewalk anyway and the kid's bouncing a soccer ball and it hits Yusuke by accident it's like this little kid by the way and then it's like hey kid you shouldn't kick this damn ball in the street you're gonna see all these fast cars gonna run into them the kid's just you know he doesn't want to be scolded but he's just having the truth thrown at him and then Yusuke starts to make funny faces at kids and just joke around and some adults are looking around like what's this kid doing but you can tell it's earnest. He wants the kid to smile and have a good time, but still feel the weight of like, hey, don't just don't play in the street, you damn kid. Anyway, Yusuke walks away from that interaction, and for all he knows, everything should be okay, and he can just go away. But being weirdly concerned in the way that he is, uh, he notices that the kid just isn't listening as he's crossed the street already. And then Yusuke keeps looking back across the way. And then that's when it happens. He sees the kid kick the soccer ball too high and it bounces into the street. And maybe things would have been okay. But if not for, there's just, it cuts away to the red Corvette I mentioned earlier. And it is not Prince in the front of that tiny red Corvette. But it is, in fact, just like some businessman asshole and his girlfriend. It literally looks like, I don't know if you guys have played the video game Outrun. Classic old Sega game. Uh, very fantastic. But it, um... It basically you pick Corvettes or different really fast cars and you race down tracks. But usually it's like you're a guy and a dr- driving in the driver's seat and there's usually like a hot girl in the car next to you. So it's basically that. It's like total, just like stereotypical asshole driving a Corvette. Just boom and he's not paying attention to the road. Just knocks Yusuke, literally knocks the life out of him. But the kid survives anyway. Then we cut all the way back and Yusuke's like, damn, that's how I got here. And then all of a sudden another voice is talking from behind him. And he's like, yeah, you're lucky that that kid survived, but things didn't really turn out the way you planned, huh? And then it's this weird-looking girl in a kimono with light blue hair, and she's floating on a broomstick or a boat paddle, and her name is Bolton. Um, I think there we cut to a commercial. Either way, uh, we cut back, and then... So Bolton is more or less, as she describes herself, uh, the Grim Reaper. She's supposed to ferry souls to the other world. 
Uh, she's obviously a lot cuter than Grim Reaper. But uh, she's like, yeah, Yusuke, you're dead. But it actually wasn't your time to go yet. And he's like, what What the fuck? Um, and he's like, you know what? Let me know what happened to the kid. Is the kid all right? Did he make it out okay? And then they she, take, she eats him over to the hospital. Um, and the kid is there. You see it with some bandages on his hand because he fell over and apparently got some scabs. But, I mean, it's nothing more than just falling down at the park at that point. Um, and the mom with the kid obviously just feels terrible but the kid's just i guess happy to be there so you kid's like you know what the kid survived i don't have any regrets you can drag me to hell now because he knows that he has perhaps lived an unjust life or uh, a life of delinquency at that point and um moving off that though she uh she's like wait no i'm not here for that i'm actually here possibly because i want to offer you a trial you know your you've your life up to this point has been kind of iffy terms of your own actions but at the same time you sacrificed yourself to save this kid who was actually supposed to be the one to die not you um and you were probably supposed to survive a little longer so uh i'm gonna give you the option of this trial to maybe come back to life and yusuke thinks about it and he's like nah screw it i don't need this like i appreciate it but just drag me to hell anyway and he's just, she's like you know what before you make a hasty decision i want you to go watch your wake um so that's what he does. He's like, I'll come back to pick you up later. And you can tell me your decision then. So Yusuke is like, whatever, this isn't going to be much. But they cut to later during the day. And it's the evening time. And there is a wake going on at Yusuke's residence. So there's like a little, you know, memorial shrine set up for him in the house. And um, looks like different classmates are there. And uh, so is Yusuke's mom. And at first he looks and he just sees random classmates that he probably assumingly didn't get along with. The way that he reacts to them, he's like, ah, those guys are all just laughing, they're having a good time, whatever, they probably don't care that I'm gone anyway. But as that's happening, he takes another look again, he noticed that first person, Keiko, comes out of the house, and she's just crying, her friends are, like, trying to console her, but she's, you know, despite the relationship that they seem to be at odds with uh, amongst each other, she just seems totally heartbroken over it. She's like, Yusuke, what the hell, like, what, like this, doesn't, this just isn't right. Totally, like, she's just not having it. Like, she's just reacting how you think someone would to a dead friend at that age, or any age, really. So that happens first, and Yusuke's like, damn, what's she so broken up about? He's just, I don't know, taken aback in a certain way. And then next, Kuwabara, of all motherfuckers, rolls up to this thing, just yelling like an asshole, like, what the fuck, Yusuke? We never got to have our next fight, and it's just... It's like the rudest you could be for like a funeral, but his friends are clearly trying to hold him back. Like, dude, it's a weight. Calm the fuck down. But you can tell that even yelling through all his delinquency and his nonsense, Kuwabara also has a general, genuine uh, longing for Yusuke and misses him. And you can see it come out. And beyond just the rambunctiousness and loudness of his voice, he really doesn't cause too much trouble. And his friends managed to just drag him away and apologize for his, his outburst. And then I think one or two of the professors, one being the one who broke up the fight with the wallet earlier, who definitely has that I'm out to get Yusuke kind of look to him. You know the look. Uh, but then the other professor, Takenaka, the one who I think is in a higher position than him at the school, comes up behind him and he's like, hey, don't speak ill of the dead at this point. And then he walks in and he gives a very genuine, you know, a somber greeting to Yusuke's mom and then is just also not having a good time looking at Yusuke's picture and just really feels bad. I feel like I failed you and you had your whole life ahead of you and you know, you really had so much more to do and grow and just obviously as like a teacher who cares, he has that kind of reaction as well. And then lastly, as it's, things start to clear out, the child, uh, whose name is Masaru, I think too. I don't know what the mom's name is. I think that's just generic names they gave him, but the child who got saved by Yusuke and then his mom come in. The mom obviously is very humbling and just asking all forgiveness and just apologizing to Yusuke's mom. And then just the, the kid, obviously, she tells the kid, like, give thanks to your big brother, you know. And then as they leave, she has to give a very, you know, parental kind of, you know, oh, maybe big brother will be back someday kind of answer for now as the kid is like, oh, when can I play with him? Is he going to get better? And she's just like, maybe someday. And it's just obviously she has to lie to him for the time being. But it's just very like, damn. But in all this, seeing that there's, you know, maybe some people out there who are a little more unique, uh, Yusuke comes around to the idea of like, okay, 
maybe not everyone's an asshole out there. Maybe I, I deserve a second chance. Da 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 da. I just wrote down that he kind of sees a reason to try to live. So he decides to take on the trial and then he flies off with Botan. And we don't get to be continued shots in here, but we get end of episode shots. And that's that's where we leave off. So that's, that's the first episode. And we'll see what happens next time on his trials. What do you guys think? For me, when I first watched this, like watching this was super, I don't know, it was a lot harder to watch. Maybe, I don't know, because I was like frazzle brained or whatever. I was trying to read the subtitles, watch what's going on, like the artwork and stuff. And it just seems so much more busier to me. I don't know if it's because like maybe it's the subtitles and the subtitles are not as like clear, bold text kind of thing as some other anime. So other than that, it was a good start. I was like kind of shocked at first. I was like, really, this is just the end of it. Okay, well. Because I've never, I never heard anything about what Yu Yu Show is. I don't know plot line of it. I don't know. I mean, for all I could have known, it was I knew it was about a guy in a green suit, and that's about it. So it's definitely a good start, I have to say. So I'm looking forward to seeing what else is there. You know what might help you focus? Yeah, doing some cocaine. Ooh, shit. Or watching the dub. One of those two. One of those two might help you. Maybe some Adderall. Watching the dub, watching the dub with Adderall, <laughs> you will catch every detail. This podcast doesn't actually condone. This podcast doesn't actually condone. Well, okay, yes, technically, no. This podcast does not condone illegal Adderall use. Um, this podcast does not encourage drug use at all. But if you happen to do it, there's nothing we can do to stop you. So. We don't actually promote it, though. It's just a joke. Just to huh. cover all of our bases here. So, yeah. Yusuke, the only asshole in a school wearing a green jumpsuit instead of the blue one. Getting kind of pervy. I always forget, maybe it might have been edited out for American audiences. Luckily, Funimation does have the uncut version out there. So, yeah, we'll get into it a bit more. Just upskirts, copping feels like, oh, this part did not age as well, but the 90s were a different time, I guess. Definitely. It's, this was one of the Yu Yu Hakusho. This sounds more like a closing statement. Here's what I think of the episode. But yeah, no, Yu Yu Hakusho is one of the main things, along with like Dragon Ball. Like Dragon Ball Z, that cemented. And now I'm going to mix metaphors. Uh, I was going to say cemented and planted roots. Two completely different things. Uh, built a foundation and love of anime that has persisted since the early 2000s for me. It's a really solid episode. Actually doesn't tell you anything at all about what the fuck this show is about. Like, at all. Besides, hey, here's Yusuke. Ghost to real, I guess. He's dead. It doesn't tell you anything yeah it's even with the three episodes that we are covering for this show it tells you almost fucking nothing but it's still good even without saying what the actual point of the show is yeah i think that's something i kind of just didn't really flow with the first one i was like like this could be like a 10 episode fucking anime and here it's like 50 or some shit episodes so it is a lot more than 50 it's 126 it's something one, like that one oh, 15 120 yeah there's like no content here it's like oh this seems like honestly the first two episodes besides the first one so the first three just feel it's like it's the setup filler. like the first the first couple i guess the first dozen or so episodes are more just like establishment of things but I think a lot does happen, though. Like, it's kind of just establishing what's going on as, you know, plot. Okay. And, like, how Yusuke gets involved in the shenanigans he does later on in the show. So, he does, it, 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 it tries to make sense of things pretty early on, I feel. I think it's episode six that we're finally introduced to Yusuke's new role in life. Mm. Spoiler alert. I mean, it's already saying it at the end of episode 
three. But, you know, he returns to his body. But, yeah, it sets up his new role in life, basically. It officially goes into, like, the sixth episode or something. But from there on, it's like, okay, cool. Go mm-hmm. go do this shit. Yeah, right. It's... Even without saying the main purpose of the show, I think it does serve as a good building block, like you said. It could have just spun into some short-term anime, 10 episodes. Like, here's this kid. How is he going to deal with dying? What is the struggle of coming back to life? How does it affect him? It does not go that way. Yeah, it kind of goes that way. It's not the essence of the show as much as it plays a factor. It's pretty much just a shonen battle anime. So, like, we're going to get some battles. doesn't really get covered as much in these first episodes. We'll cover it in some later episodes. Sounds yeah. good. No, it's fun stuff. I, th- I think as a, like, switch out for maybe not having the strongest, like, call to action, well like premise at the start it's more just it it catches you in at the moment like oh this kid just died i guess I'll, i have to keep watching now versus you know one piece is like i'm gonna find i'm gonna be the king of the pirates like you you got your you got your thesis statement from day one instead your thesis statement here is like not nah, do kid dead here's his afterlife chronicle i think but yeah that's d- different call to action but i think that's why it starts out that's why it's so fun to start with it like that so yeah, anyway, that's the first episode. Okay, so I will be doing the second episode. The translation for that title is Quenma Appears. You know what? Just saw my notes. We didn't talk about the fucking opening or ending. And honestly, in all of the various animes that I've seen, they're... Probably in the top ten. Oh yeah, the opening and the ending of the show are pretty, it's pretty popping. I wish they took down the name of them. <laughs> well, I think it's called Smile Bomb. Covered in episode two of this podcast. That is very apt because it's very feel good and poppy. Yeah, I feel like Japanese eighties pop. That's essentially what the song is. But it's, it's it's real catchy. It's good stuff. If your first anime was Dragon Ball, you'll love the opening. And then the ending is very funky. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of Cowboy Bebop, like the opening of Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, the whole show's got good music. It's 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 good in that range. Episode 2, Quenma appears. So, Botan gives Yusuke a breakdown of the spirit world, where the souls of the departed go after death. It is ruled over by someone known as King Yama. Now, Botan and Yusuke make their way through the imposing spirit world and when they cross through the different planes they're seen flying over like a giant yellow body of water it's like oh is that the river six botan's like yep they're getting closer to this giant thing yusuke's like holy shit this place is massive just king yemma must be gigantic to be able to run all of this so they start to go through like a hallway in this main building of the spirit world and yusuke's just like thinking all this shit about yemma he's not gonna boss me around I'm, like, fucking amazing. He's... I can deal with this. Botan's like, who are you talking to? Botan asks for entrance to the building. Yusuke is fucking flabbergasted because you just see a bunch of demons running back and forth. And they've got paperwork and shit because apparently the spirit world is just one large bureaucratic organization. Yusuke even compares it to, like, the stock market, basically. Just people running around, trying to get forms, making sure everything's processed correctly. So they go through another door to the big office, basically. And Botan introduces Yusuke to the person in charge of the spirit world. And Yusuke's looking around. He's imagining King Yama as this giant. And there's just no one there as far as he can see. And then you hear, hey, look down. Yusuke does. You see a fucking baby (laughs) with a pacifier actually in their mouth. Just like, yeah, I'm here. Yusuke just starts fucking busting up laughing. Like, this is King Yama. This is the person in charge of all the spirit world. Are you kidding me? 
Everything's left to a fucking toddler. He's like, hey, show some respect. Botan's freaking out like, oh my god, you're gonna get us killed. Why are you doing this? Please, shut the fuck up. Show some respect. Yusuke's like, this guy's probably still in diapers. This being says, no, I'm not King Yama. That is my father. I am Koenma. And I'll have you know, besides knowing all of the secrets of the universe, I am also quite potty trained. So, the potty trained, temporarily in charge, Lord of the Spirit World, tells Yusuke what he has to do to get back to being alive. So his ordeal is to raise this, it looks just like a golden egg, basically. And Yusuke is like, what am I going to do with this? Cook some eggs, hatch a chicken. Konma explains that this egg collects the spirit energy from Yusuke, just like checking the vibes. So you give off good vibes, good things will happen at the end. You give off bad vibes, it's going to turn into this giant monster that'll eat you so like go do some good shit go be a good person maybe you can live realistically with your past track record you'll probably die we'll see what happens hey it'll be fun yusuke and botan leave the spirit world the two are making their way back and botan's like okay cool in the meantime yusuke you do have to make sure that your body is safe because if there's no body for you to go back to it's kind of just over so Yusuke's like, oh shit, why why didn't you What am I what am I gonna do? Botan says, okay, well, you can influence people by standing over them while they sleep. Yusuke says, okay, who are we gonna do this to? I guess I'll go to my mom and talk to her. Try to get her to keep my body safe. But when he gets back home, he sees that his mom, Atsuko, is drunk in her grief, still very much awake, and won't be able to listen loose won't be able to listen to Yusuke, so. Next, he goes to see Keiko, flies over to Keiko's room. He's like, oh, it's a lot girlier than I remember it being. I guess Keiko's just already dreaming of Yusuke. Like, she is receptive to the message, more than his mom would have been anyways. So Keiko, at one point, goes to talk to Yusuke's mom about taking care of his body. But after she says, oh, I had a dream about Yusuke, they're like, oh, well, maybe we're just grieving and doesn't really mean anything. So Keiko doesn't actually do anything to try to take care of this body. So Yusuke is just like, okay, shit, now what am I going to do? Just talking to people in dreams isn't doing anything. Is there anything else I can do? Botan tells Yusuke basically like, hey, you can go around possessing people. And he's like, oh yeah, I've seen that in movies. Botan says, okay, but you need someone that knows you and is spiritually aware. Someone that can sense the supernatural. And we get a cut to Kuwabara, our favorite red-headed orange-headed whatever ruffian and just like gets some chills we see a flash of blue animated around his face he's like oh something's not right his friend's like hey kubara what's wrong and he's like oh i got the chill there's a ghost around and they start talking about how kubara apparently has had the ability to see ghosts since he was a child it's like kindergarten or something kubara says yeah i think there's like there's not that much energy probably some sort of like raccoon or something so botan helps yusuke take over kobara she kind of does some weird magical shit that snaps his mind off just lets yusuke jump into the body take control but it only lasts for about an hour so yusuke has to run and find keiko to say hey keep my body safe yusuke starts to rush to the restaurant that keiko's parents own and he's looking for keiko but he decides to say, hey, it's me, I'm Yusuke. Keiko's family does not take kindly to that because they had been good family friends with the Yurameshis for a while. They're like, hey, that's not funny at all. What the fuck is wrong with you? He just died. His funeral's like today. Get the fuck out of here. And he is thrown in the restaurant. He's like, okay, clearly I made a mistake. But I still need to find Keiko somehow. So he starts running around and he just keeps getting ambushed by other rough-and-tumble street kids from the city. They're like, hey, Kuwabara, I'm gonna beat your ass. And he's like, cool, do that in, like, an hour? I've got something to do right now. And they're like, why Why the fuck would we listen to that? We're just gonna beat you. So, literally, dozens of dudes throughout this hour just keep stopping Kua Yusuke, as he is very briefly. Yusuke even says... Man, I'm giving Kubara a good name. Just 
beating the shit out of these kids. Eventually, as we're nearing the end of the time, he finds Keiko. And he decides, all right, I got to do something to let her know that it's me. So naturally, he decides to run up behind her, just grope her. Which is, again, one of those things where it's like, it doesn't age well. It's the 90s and it's a different culture, but it's, ooh, that's what we're doing here, huh? Grabbing her boobs and saying, I can't remember exactly what he says, but Keiko's just turns around and slaps the shit out of him, saying, Yusuke, you pervert. And she sees that it's Kuwabara, but she knows in her heart that it's Yusuke. Yusuke says, ah, hey, it's me. She's just like, I don't even need you to say that it's you. I can just tell from the way that you walk and hold yourself and move and it kind of shows it gives a hint of all of this affection that Keiko had for Yusuke that he is pretty much oblivious to so Yusuke convinces Keiko to like hey take care of my body I'll explain later Keiko just hugs Kuobara and Yusuke leaves his body Kuobara comes back and she's like oh what happened wasn't I with my friends like oh hey hot girl it's great. He goes further in for like a deeper hug and Keiko slaps the shit out of him. Kubara's like, yeah, that's fair. I probably deserve that. So Keiko runs to Yusuke's house and she's going to try to convince his mom that, hey, pretty sure Yusuke's going to come back. So we need to keep his body safe. And his mom says he's already back because his cheeks have some color in them. He's alive, even if he's just like, barely breathing and doesn't really have a heartbeat he's coming back and that is where the episode ends what do you guys think i think it's a good one it seems like it's a little clunky in that that's how they have kuabara working as just like this intermediary between for yusuke between the living and the dead but i mean it still works it's still fun and it's funny and i really enjoy it so can't complain too much. Yeah, no, the same here. I think this one's also kind of dense and packed with stuff going on. Like these first couple episodes, I feel like it's like beat to beat to beat, different things happening. Whereas thinking about my recent watch through of the show, when you get into the longer arcs, it's more like one or two major things per episode and they kind of blow by. But these bigger, or I guess these seemingly longer earlier ones kind of feel like they have more in them. Like they're a little more dense, but... I think it at least keeps you kind of pay attention, like bounce around like what's next, what's next, what's next. But it, I think it's at least interesting to see how they show Yusuke trying to come back and like how his trial is going. Also, what the hell is with Japanese anime and making hell be like a bureaucracy office? Like the same shit in Dragon Ball. I think some other ones do that too. I mean, isn't Bleach literally just dead people is a soul society thing or some shit? That's all like bureaucratic, it's all bureaucratic bullshit too. Like what, what's with that? I don't know. Anyway. So Bleach is more like cops. Right. But it's, I guess there's some bureaucracy. It's, with that, it's still it's like organization of dudes versus like, I don't know, Dante's or Dante's Inferno, I guess, which is more of like the, I That's guess, pretty organized Western. actually. <sighs> they have like multiple layers of L. Each for certain sins. I guess everything is just hell. Never mind. <laughs> but yeah, um, some of it's very stereotypical in that sense. But yeah, a very dense episode with more stuff going on. There's, there's no, no, no filler to be found here. Well, Steve, why don't you finish us off? So here we are, episode three, Kuabara, a promise between men. Our main character Yusuke, still dead. And he's just kind of floating around with Botan, who, by the way, is hella hot, in my opinion. You're right about that. Yes. And Yusuke is examining his spirit egg. Yusuke notices. He looks down. And he sees Keiko's being harassed by a bunch of guys. Just some jerk-offs from another school. And out of nowhere, here comes Kuabara showing up with his friends, at least, of course. He's fighting them all off and telling Keiko to go run off and, and go somewhere else. And Keiko's kind of shocked by this because she's like, what the hell? I'm like, okay, I'll, 
I'll get out of here. So Kuabara and Kang are fighting these people off, fighting them off. They're all getting bruised up. So the next day they come into class, Kuabara and his gang are getting punished by Mr. Akashi, a.k.a. shitty teacher number two is what we like to call him. <laughs> so basically they're talking and the shitty teacher's like, oh, well, one of your guys, uh, Takanaka, is that his name? The other teacher, the one who was at his no. funeral? Oh, no, the fucking, the, the heavy kid that oh, works. Oh, uh, I forgot. I think that sounds right, though. Okubo. Okubo? Yes. Okay, well, anyways, Okubo works uh, part-time while also going to school part-time. Right, yeah, yeah. And so what happened is that the shitty teacher's like, well, how about we get that revoked? And you can't go work, even though your family is only like a family of three or four. And it's just your mother who's the only one that can work. And because you have tiny kids at home. But you know what? I'm just that shitty of a teacher. How about we just revoke that privilege to you? And Obuto's like, oh, man, don't do that. I need this job to help with my family. And so Kuabara's like... How about this? In order to keep my friend in his job and keep him working and allow him to support his family, I'm going to make a deal to avoid fighting for a whole week. And the rest of the guys are like, man, man, don't do that. You can't even do it for two hours. What the hell are you talking about? Kuobara's like, nah, man, I got this for a whole fucking week. No fights. None at all. I won't throw a single punch. And so the shitty teacher's like, all right, we got a deal. We can't have any fights. You know what I mean? And so Yusuke, in his, I don't know, guardian angel moment, I guess I'll say, he doesn't really think that Kuwabara will last necessarily. He thinks that he'll get in a fight within probably the first couple of days. But when there's, so Kuwabara is walking, I think he's walking home, and there's all these other teens that show up underneath the bridge. I think it's the same group that uh, Kuwabara was fighting on the day before. And so in that, it's like, oh shit, it's payback time. Kubar was like, yo, man, whoever hits you want on me, I ain't throwing no hit, no hits. Little did Kubar know that Mr. Akashi is also tailing behind him, trying to catch him again, any fights at all. That way he can revoke everybody's privileges and just be a, a jerk. Kubar gets beat up and absolutely refuses to throw a punch. The next day, Akashi sees Kubar in the, or Kubar is hanging out with his friends in the hallway. I'm like, man, what the hell happened to you? You look like you got beat up or some shit. And he's like, yeah, man, I got beat up. But, you know, they won't, they won't fuck with us anymore. I don't know. I, I kind of think of Kuwabara as kind of like Rocky almost for some reason. Did you watch it in English or Japanese? I watched it in sub, so in Japanese. Okay. Yeah. His voices are very contrasting, but they're both pretty eccentric either way. Oh, for sure. Hey, you're a meshy. <laughs> yeah, it's you should listen to his English voice at some point. It's pretty goofy. His Japanese one is more. It just he sound he like rolls his R's a lot like a JoJo character basically. Oh, yeah. But I mean, he's got that like delinquent vibe going on. Ah, uh, for sure, for sure. Chris Sabat kind of goes with like a some sort of northeastern accent. Mm. Okay, not like Joe and Yu Gi Oh from Four Kids, but like somewhere in that area. For sure. Okay. Hey, I'll beat the crap out of you. You're a meshy. <laughs> Damn. Sound like John Travolta from Greece or some shit. More or less. Yeah. Kind of. Anyways. Honestly, I do love Chris Sabin in that role, but. Oh, yeah. I bet. Anyways, the next day. Uh, Yeah, where were we talking? Okay. So Kubar was talking to his friends. And he's like, yeah, man, I got beat up, but they, they ain't going to focus us no more. And here comes Mr. Akashi walking down the hallway. And this man is just like a dick. And you guys have probably already seen Star Wars, but like... Never heard of it. Akashi pulls what we call a Vader. And he's just like, you know what, man? This is too easy. There's a new arrangement now. So you know what? All of you, gang, need to score at least 50% of this next science test. Or else you still get revoked. Kind of oldish asshole kind of guy. Kuwabara is also walking somewhere again. I think he's, no, he's, he's like, oh shit, man, how am I going to study? I don't know shit. Like, 
the last test I got, I got a seven. And they're like, a 70? He's like, nah, man, a seven. Kind of just fucking tell you how how much Quivar needs to really improve in order to get anywhere on his next test. And so he's in like the, the bookstore, the library or whatever. And this other gang comes by and they're just like, yo, I hear you. You ain't gonna fight back. Let's take this outside. And so Kulabar then gets beat up by another gang. Kulabar is looking kind of gnarly at this point. He's not looking too good. So next thing we see, it's like the day before the test. And Kulabar is like studying on the He's like, oh man, uh, MX plus B is, is uh, kind of just, it's for science though. So it's more like science. He's like, oh, the hemoglobin. Oh, red blood cells. Uh, uh. He's just dozing off. He's pretty much asleep at this point. So Yusuke enters his dreams. And he helps Kuwabara study in his dreams. Because Yusuke is like, oh man, I don't want to see Kuwabara give up. Or anything like that. Like That's kind of fucked of Mr. Akashi. But, you know, I'll help him out. And so Kuwabara's on his way to class. Take this test. He's got his nose in his book he's like oh man but you know what Kuwabara is about to get ambushed again for a third fucking time Kuwabara is like yo man I gotta take off starts fucking running run 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 and next thing you know this crowd just plows over these couple of uh female classmates and one of them gets knocked out stone cold probably she didn't like break her neck or her back or whatever because it looked like she fell towards like a concrete wall and so Yusuke it's like, oh man, this is my opportunity. I know Botan has like said, no, don't go in other people's bodies unless you're really close with them. But Yusuke is like, yo man, I gotta help out my friend. So he jumps in this woman's body and he starts taking off, chasing after the crowd. And so Yusuke beats up everybody in this woman's body, in this little girl's body. And Kubar's like, yo, thank you. And he still makes it to class on time and he takes his test. So half the challenge is done. Kuvar's like, yo, man, I'm feeling fine. Because you know what? Yeah, 53 even. He knew his precise answers. He was that that smart about it. Barely manages to pass. And so Akashi is in grading his test. He's like, what? This guy, he passed my test? Ugh. And here comes this other asshole teacher, Iwamoto. He comes up with a fucking eraser. I don't know why he has a eraser in his hand. It comes up and he just erases the answer. You can't get any credit if you didn't answer the question. But little do you know, Takanaka, the principal of the school, is just sitting in, uh, sitting there reading the newspaper. He kind of overhears it as well. He's like, okay, I got you. And so, thus, erasing the answer, Kuwabara got like a 48 and ended up failing the agreement. So Kuwabar is like, you stupid motherfucker, and grabs up the teacher and is about to hit him. And Yusuke is like, no, don't do it. You're going to break your vow. Freaking jumps in and he stops him from hitting uh, Akashi. And Akashi laughs and he's like, ah, one way or another, your friend Okubo is out of a job. I'm a dick. Ha ha ha. However, when Akashi complains about, about almost being assaulted by Kuwabara, Principal reveals that he knows about the student's test and even about little promise that they have. And so he's like, you better give Kuwabara's great or else I'm a fire your ass. I would beat you. I don't know. Can I get Mr. T vibes from him? I pity the fool. But you know, that's just me. <laughs> yes. Anyways, Kubara's walking home with his friends from up and they tell him, Yo, bro, we got the good news. Everybody's passing. I can keep my job, Okubo says. And so then we see Yusuke and Botan, they're kind of just looking down the crowd. And they're like, So Botan's like, Kubara didn't actually hear you when you told him not to hit the teacher, but he responded because you guys are on the same emotional wavelength. The last picture we see is Kubara walking off into the sunset. Happy they got passing grade. And thus, that ends episode three. Why are all the teachers in this world assholes? Like, maybe Kurobara is not fucking stellar student number one over here, you know, class rep or anything. But yeah. man, what a. Like, 
I get that they're just trying to drive it, drive in how much of like a scumbag the other teacher is too. But like when they, when he's like, oh yeah, like my friend, he works because he, he's trying to help his family. I mean, thankfully the other teacher, uh, Takenaka is very like, no, what are you doing? You fuckhead. Like yeah, mm-hmm. punish them, but don't like ruin their livelihood. I don't know. It's just kind of funny, but yeah, mm-hmm. more, more, uh, you get a little bit of character establishment for Kuwabara there because that's, you know, you get you get to see everyone else kind of get their moments because no like obviously Yusuke is the star, it's, you know, show is named after him. But at the same time, it uh it, it doesn't um you see it, it doesn't draw away from the other characters, which I think later as the show goes on, part of the strength of the show is definitely it's kind of it's kind of an ensemble cast sort of show. Whereas like yeah, Yusuke is the main, but the rest of the cast gets a lot of good play. Yeah, mm-hmm. Fun, fun little episode as we see Yusuke continue to try to hatch this ego. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it definitely shows the strength of Kubar's character to make a promise and the lengths that he'll go to to keep that promise. And clearly, we may or may not see it in the episodes in the future that we're going to do, but clearly, loyalty plays a big part of kubara's i already said character can't think of another word besides character big part of it big part of who he is and if you can't already tell at this point how his relationship with yusuke is set up in these three episodes he will be a fairly major character going forward yeah for sure i think that's it for this episode of um camera what the fuck name i said at the beginning doesn't really matter because it's an April Fool's joke. Yay! Uh, oh, no. what the hell? You made me watch you hawk show for nothing. That's it's not, not for nothing. It's a fucking good show. Uh, yeah, you're Great right. Great show. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, everyone, Definitely keep going. Everyone got got. Oh man, I got got so got. That's why I had that little chuckle myself when I said, "Oh, took it off Cartoon Network on April Fool's Day." Yeah, it's pretty good. Yay! Yay. It's a fun show regardless. If you if you haven't seen it before, I would behoove anyone to watch it. I know I know One Piece is our bread and butter, but Yuhawk show is also good. Uh it's just it's many things here probably inspired certain things in One Piece in terms of just arc flow, if anything, even if subject matter is night and day at that point. Where the fuck is my One Piece tournament arc? We'll get there. How many episodes? Uh, depends on which tournament. The first one. Less than a hundred. Well, yeah, so I don't really need to make a name for this shit, but yeah. Steve, what do you have to plug? Twitter is at Steve Horniak, S-T-E-V-E-H-O-R-N-Y-A-K. Uh, follow for a good time. Um, maybe I'll post some Yu Yu show content, and so we'll see what the hell happens with that. Yeah, I'm hooked now, buddy. What about you, Slash? Uh, my bird name is at Roblink. That's my Twitter. That's where all the good stuff goes down. So all the real, real thoughts happen. Uh, and also considering that this is April Fool's, happy late birthday to myself, as I am saying, from the present to the future, which will then be the past. Yeah, I should have been well on the way to streaming. And uh, continuing my uh, streams that I do on the weekends, at least. My stream is twitch.tv slash roblink. Lots of fun games, lots of weird stuff, and lots of good time. Okay, for myself, you can find me on most social media platforms with the handle at ltubacabra. That's E-L-T-U-B-A-C-A-B-R-A. You can find the show on Twitter with the handle at ReluctantCruise. You can find us on Instagram at Reluctant Cruise Pod. If you want, you can email us by sending them to reluctantcruise at gmail.com. Let us know if you'd actually enjoy hearing about Yu Yu Hakusho. Obviously, we're not going to really do a full switch, but maybe we can work something out at some point. Have fun on that cruise. Go, go get up to some ghost adventures.
Anyways, episode two, the, what happened? Psych. I just left the Zoom call. Let's, I'll I'll throw this back in at the end of the recording.